What's up, everybody? Live here on Facebook. Happy that you've all tuned in. We're going to be talking about, what are we supposed to call it? Corona or COVID? What's the official official? Coronavirus. Coronavirus. That's the, the name on the street. Zach, that's what Zach says, Corona. Anyway, we're doing the coronavirus <laughs> Facebook Live video. Here, so first, I think we need to do, um, we should probably do the thing now instead of later, where we say we're not doctors, which is the most quoted thing anybody's saying. Not that anybody needs to know that, because we're not doctors, we're who we are. Uh, but that's number one. So because of that, we should probably list off things we're not going to do in this video. One, we're not going to talk about um, health procedures or how to avoid passing this on, because that's not our area of expertise. There's thousands of articles and posts and all kinds, do real doctors who can talk about that. So we're not going to talk about that. What else are we not going to talk about? in this video just to set expectations so you can go and log out now if you're looking for anything like that uh, we're not we're not going to talk about politics that's right we're not yeah. going to talk about uh how how well or not well the government's doing a hand on this sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah. we're not going to get statistics on everything that's going around globally sure. there's all kinds of stuff and and concerning things and all that uh anything else we're not going to do before we jump in probably a lot of things but I don't all right know. well here we go so here's what we are going to do we're going to talk uh, we're going to kind of break this discussion into two Segments. Obviously, any kind of big moment like this that happens in the world, whether it's um, you know military conflicts, health concerns, economic concerns, whatever, it throws our lives kind of sideways and upside down, and it legitimately makes people concerned. And figuring out how to navigate those kinds of concerns and worries and anxieties is important. And the great thing is God has lots of stuff to say about how we're supposed to deal with that and what we're supposed to think. So we're going to break the discussion into basically two sections. First, we're going to talk about what's just general perspective we should have in moments like this, like in a pandemic or economic crisis or war, whatever. Um, whenever there's trouble in the world, what's the perspective? What are lessons that we can learn in general? And then secondly, um, what's our response supposed to be? What are we supposed to do? What can we do in moments like this when the world's kind of messed up? So that's kind of how we're going to do. Here's the big thing. If you're logged in... Um, comment. Maybe you have a question. Maybe something's been going through your mind. Maybe you have a passage or an idea from scripture. Maybe you're frustrated. Maybe you're scared. Maybe you're hopeful, whatever it is. Make sure to share that. Um, we got the laptop pulled up here so that hopefully we'll be able to keep up with the comments that everybody's going to be posting. So we want to have an engaging discussion here where it's not just the two of us talking. So feel free to jump in with your comments. Anything else we need to do pregame? I think that's it. All right. So how about it? What are some of the lessons that we need to learn that we need to try to be thinking about um, and by the way, some of you may be watching and you're really faithful Christians. Obviously, some of this stuff may be uh, reminders for you or just recalibration of some perspective. You may be watching this and not be a Christian. Hopefully, you don't find the things we say to be completely naive or silly. If they are, let us know because we actually have pretty substantive reasons for the things that we're going to say fundamentally. But hopefully, this will give you a little insight into how we think about the world and what we think about God who runs the world ultimately in the end of all things. And this might be a good introduction for you to what it means to be a Christian living in the world. So, yeah. lessons learned in perspective. Uh, let's get to it. Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind uh, as I've been reflecting on the pandemic over the past week is um, it, things like this are sobering reminders for us that, uh, that we are not in control mm. um, as much as we'd like to think we are. We really have no control over our lives in uh, in some of the most important ways, and I think especially you know we've had a booming economy, we've had a lot of things going our way for a while. It's easy to kind of get lulled into feeling and thinking that you know ultimately um, we are we control our own destiny, like we can decide and determine where we're going and what we're going to accomplish and what we're going to do. And stuff like this is a good reminder that actually, you know, there's a lot of things that we have no control over whatsoever. Um, I was just thinking about like, so even though science is working hard to try to figure it out, like we really don't know exactly what the cause of this virus is. Like there's theories out there and there's um, some possibilities, maybe even probabilities, but we don't know like the exact cause of the virus um, or where it came from. You know, sometimes even some Christians have come out and said like, well, uh, God is doing this or God is bringing judgment on on the on on this group of people or whatever truth is we don't know that um, and there's even stories in the Bible like that you remember in uh, in John 9 uh, when people saw this guy who was blind and uh, and they said well whose whose fault is it was it he who sinned or was it his parents sin 
And Jesus says it, in verse three that it wasn't it wasn't this man who sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And, and stories like that ought to be a reminder for us that really, like, there's a lot we don't know mm. about how this virus got started, um, how far it's going to spread. Well, like, we don't even know yet how to con- how to really um, stop it. We don't have a vaccine for it. We don't have like a solution for it. And even though a lot of scientists are working really hard on that. Um, there's just so much that, uh, that is reminding us that we're not in control. I mean, think about how many plans too, like people have made and, uh, that have been canceled over the past month. I mean, think about how many things we were planning to do. Um, you know, games people were planning to go to concerts and it's all just everything shut down. I mean, we're actually a perfect example of that. Yeah. We were planning on doing a Bible study event in Brooklyn. Yeah. There's not a more like godly thing that you could be planning on doing, I guess, you know, to right. be doing something like that. Get a bunch of people together for a prayer and Bible study. And it's like, nope. You know, yeah, what you thought, you right. thought you had everything. Actually, I felt like I was getting mocked today because I, I, I got some more of the cards for us to hand out, you know. There's yeah. a stack of cards that there are trash. Is. They're literally trash now. <laughs> like, they're just garbage, you know. But because we don't we don't have our own uh, power or control over these things. That's right. That's right. And it, I think it's really just a helpful uh, reminder for us that uh, that that only only God is in control. Like uh, we have a lot to be worried about. We have a lot to be concerned about. Um, you know, but God is not concerned. It's not yeah. like God is up in heaven. Like, oh no, what am I going to do about this coronavirus? Right. This is this, the the coronavirus is not a threat to the sovereignty of God. Um, and, uh, and so this is a good reminder too, for us to kind of step back and say, look, there's a lot about life that I have no control over, but I do know who controls the world. And I do know who the creator is. And I do know what, what he's done in the past and I can trust in him. Yeah, that's a great point. That's really good. That's really good. Um, all right, cool. So God's in control. That's maybe the first thing we need to think about is, which I guess, well, we're we're gonna hold off on how what what this should mean for how we respond. So we'll get to that later. So what what else you got as far as this God is, besides the idea that God is in control, He's running the world. So chill a little bit. Um, yeah. What other lessons or perspectives should we gain through moments like this? Uh, you know, one one thing that I, I've thought about a lot too is uh, that this this disease kind of reminds us of our humanity and our equality. Yeah. Like I mean, you think about it, like. Um, this disease does not discriminate. You know, you can't you can't avoid it with wealth. Like a lot of like the richest people are in danger of uh, of getting coronavirus or getting affected by it. You know, a lot a lot of uh, wealthy people. Tom Hanks got man. You, know, like, you want to talk about heartbreak? I was like, Corona, get off Tom. Leave Tom alone. Seriously, do not mess with Tom. Seriously, you know, like I mean, when Tom Hanks goes down, I mean, it's like, is anybody exempt from this? Dude. Like, this is this is this is something serious. It was like Toy Story four all over again. Yeah, that's right. That's Terrible. right. It, it's and so you know, like wealth can't spare you, fame can't spare you. Um, you know, NBA players going down with mm-hmm. the coronavirus. Um, you know, that's kind of a uh, a good reminder. Like, you know, underneath it all, like we are all equal. And uh, and the the virus doesn't discriminate. Neither does the Lord. Um, we are all humans, and we ought to view human life uh, in 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 that way. Like you know, these are good reminders that of the humanity of of all of us and of the equality of all of us. You know, it doesn't matter how much money you have; you can't avoid the effects of this virus. It doesn't matter how much uh, you know uh, wealth you may have, or it doesn't matter how much fame you may have, or how, how much power. I saw even, uh, you know, there's a, there's a number of national and world leaders who are quarantined right now mm-hmm. because uh, they either have it or they don't know yet if they have it or not. Um, so it's, uh, it's kind of, it's kind of, those things have all been good reminders for me uh, that we are all equal and uh, we're all human beings made in the image of God. And, and it's a good reminder, too, that we ought to care about one another in such a way. Yeah. And this, of course, um, you know, uh, in our church fellowship recently we were reading through the beginnings of the Bible in Genesis everybody was made in God's image from the beginning male and female God created them all and then also the problems in the world was uh, something that both Adam and Eve in Genesis 3 are held accountable for and responsible for and all people moving forward dealt with all the fallout of rebellion from God and all that sort of thing so this kind of moment is not only a matter we're all equal but we're all uh, equal participants in the problems in the world. Not to say that anybody's direct sin is the reason for coronavirus back to right. your point earlier. 
But generally speaking, the challenges and problems that are faced in the world are all offshoots and fallout of the fundamental problem that we face of rebellion before God. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. And, uh, and, and I think a virus like this has a way of kind of sobering us up to really realize, you know, hey, I need to, I need to, I, I better not see myself as bigger or higher than I really am, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and I ought to see other people as being just as valuable or as important as I really am. Uh, virus kind of brings us back to reality in that sure. sense, sobers us up. All right, so God is in control. We're all in the same boat down here. What else should this uh, moments like this uh, do for us, and how should it shift our perspective? Uh, what lessons should we be learning? I think one good thing that's come out of this is uh, is is just that people are thinking a lot more about life as a vapor. Um, you know, uh, the psalmist talks about teaching us teaching us to number our days so that uh, we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I think stuff like this has a way of kind of bringing us back to earth and reminding us that actually, like, yeah, life is not guaranteed, and we actually don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. James says in James chapter 4, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit. You don't know what your life will be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and also do this or that. But as it is, you boast in your arrogance and your boasting and and all such boasting is evil. Therefore, to the one who knows the right thing to do uh, and doesn't do it, to him it is sin. The point of the text is like you need to think about um, as you're making plans and as you're uh, scheduling events and all that, that. that everything that you're doing is God willing. Like mm-hmm. it, it, God can stop us from from doing anything. Like we have no ultimate control over that, and we have no we have no control either of the day of our birth or of the day of our death. Like yeah. the Lord holds life in His hands, and it really is a good reminder that life is short. It's a vapor. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. I've been thinking about this too, like in a, from like a global perspective and in, in, in a historical perspective. Um, many people have been through pandemics like this before, um, who are totally forgotten now, yeah. you know, and, uh, and as much as we may want to record like our journal, um, for historians to remember what's going on right now, truth be told sooner or later, you know, this is going to be another, another drop on the calendar, you know, in the, uh, in the grand timeline of life. It's just a, a tiny little thing. And I think that's helpful for us too, to think about because, one of our problems is I think we can get, we can become like a prisoner of the moment. We can just think about no what's going on right now, and we're not thinking about like the future or the end. Um, we get kind of trapped in this historical moment. Yeah, yeah, I think that's exactly right. And it, it seems to me it's is a good. I don't I don't want to pretend like all the bad things that are happening are good things, but there is a good thing we can take out of some bad things, which is exactly this point of that I'm not in control of my life, and life is a vapor, and I need to be saying, Lord willing. I, it seems to me that the more uh, urbanized, suburbanized, the more insulated our lives become, the more we can think I'm in control. Yeah. I get to pull up on my phone my little uh, smart alarm on my home. I have like all my bank accounts locked. And I get to you know I can control my stocks and everything. You know you just feel like I'm in control of everything. Right. And maybe people who even today in parts of the world that are more uh, subsistence living, people who rely on. God to send rain so their crops grow and they eat because if the rain doesn't come and the crops don't grow then you starve right. you know like that that lifestyle you're very in tune with my life could just go like that and God's the only one I can turn to but whenever we think we can turn to government we can turn to our 401k we can turn to you know whatever it may be we can lose sight of exactly the point you're bringing out which is yeah. like life is just hanging by a thread all the time and that needs to make us reflect on um God being the only real source of our strength, our life, anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And stuff like this kind of forces us to, you know, it, it, when when you're working from home and you're not commuting every day and you've got a lot of things, events, all your events are canceled, it gives us time to just kind of step back and think about life and think about, um, you know, reevaluate uh, where are we headed and what are we up to and uh, and what are we really accomplishing with our life. And and. And thinking about our life with the end in mind, I think kind of 
helps me to reevaluate like what I'm doing right now. Is this really important? Or am I really investing in the things that, that really matter the most? Um, learning to plan life backwards and think about, uh, you know, where do I want to be when life is over? Um, when this vapor ends, um, where, where do I want to be and what do I want to have accomplished? Um, and, uh, I think that's helpful for us, you know, to really reflect on as we, uh, as we think about this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. All right, cool. So lesson number one, God's in control. So we all need to kind of settle down a little bit. Lesson number two, um, let's see, I'm skipping ahead. Actually, it's the life is a vapor, but actually before that you're saying we're all the same, we're all in the same boat here. We all have the same struggles, same challenges. So think about yourself in a better way. What other lessons can we learn from such a really negative and in a lot of ways devastating moment for a lot of people? Um, what are some other lessons or perspective we should be gaining from this moment? Yeah, so for me, the biggest thing I think uh, that has impacted me over the past week is this has been such a jarring reminder of um, how insecure so many of the things that we put our security in are. Yeah. Like, um, and it reminded me that if you want to have true and lasting peace, the only way that happens is if you know the Lord and if you obey the Lord. Like that, the Lord alone is the one who uh, is able to give us security. Um, because you think about it, you think about it, I mean, we've had a, a, I mean, the economy's been on the up and up and up and up, and people are starting to say like, wow, like I'm cool, I'm secure, I can retire, uh, I, got, I got all this in my bank account. And then in just like one week, like the stock market just plunges, People are having to rethink their future plans. Mm-hmm. Um, you put security in the stock market, you're like it's volatile thing. Like it's gonna grow, but then it's, it, it could drop too, and 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 it could crash. And it, it reminds me of uh, what is uh, Jesus says in Matthew chapter six um, in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, "Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal." This is Matthew six verse nineteen. He says, "But." Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in or steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And, uh, and that text just reminds me of, uh, of this simple fact that really you put your security in wealth and you're going to be disappointed yeah. at some point. Like that, your wealth can't, uh, can't get you into a relationship with the Lord. And so at some point in your life, your wealth is not going to be able to come through for you in things that you really need. You put your security in your job. I mean, think about how many people we love and care about right now who, who went from having really prosperous, flourishing jobs, and now they're worried about whether they're going to be able to work this week or whether whether their hours are going to be severely cut or whether they're going to lose their job yeah. entirely. I mean, it's cr- it's crazy how much things have changed in just a week's time, like yeah. uh, in seven days. Yeah, I know the passage is really similar that, that it came to mind when you were saying that. First Timothy 6, verse 17. Yeah. Instruct those who are rich in this present world not to be conceited or to fix their hope on the uncertainty of riches, yeah. but on God. And that's a, I mean, it just speaks to exactly your point that we can't trust in the uncertainty. Which to me, though, uh, maybe uh, tangentially related to this, is whatever I'm most nervous about right now, maybe, may not be, yeah. but it may be an indicator of something that's a little bit of an idol for me or a lot of an idol. Right. Um, so I'll go ahead and like confess here on Facebook Live. The most bummed I've been, like peak. I mean, I'm disappointed when I think about. It, I get down about all this. It's just really sad. If other things, real stuff is going on. But like immediate, you hear something, you just feel bummed. Is Thursday night. I pull in. I have like three text messages from guys in my NBA fantasy league. I think you send me a text. Somebody else. It's like NBA season's over, and I was like, No, are you kidding me? Like, okay, well maybe, maybe I care too much about reading Bleacher Report. And watching NBA on TNT and you know all this kind of stuff like that's that's too important for me. Yeah. If my thought is what am I gonna do on my? I think I literally told Richard the other day like what am I gonna do on Thursday night? Well, I don't know. Maybe hang on my wife and kids. Maybe read the Bible. Maybe do something nice for somebody else. Maybe right. pray. there's tons of stuff. But that's something that that means maybe a little too much to me. Right. And of course, there's maybe um, other other examples of that like you're talking about money, jobs, where we can be freaking out about the stock market. Well, maybe that means your 401k is a little bit of an idol for you, mm-hmm. and you need to think differently about it. That it's not really it's it's something's a good gift, and and I, we can be bummed about missing out on good gifts. I'm not saying that if you're bummed out about stuff that that's all bad, 
Right. But if I'm really letting that take hold of me, then I need to do a little heart check and say, is this become, is this thing that I'm really worried about losing in this moment an idol for me? Is it something that I'm too concerned about or too interested in? Um, and this can expose that for us, which is a good thing because yeah. it makes you reevaluate how am I investing my time, my energy, my heart, my thoughts, my life. Uh, and it makes us be better. And I think that's one of the, like, the one of the, it's hard to talk about something like this as there being benefits that come out of it. But one of the benefits that does come out of this is that some of us, we come to realize how insecure some of the things that we've put it, been putting our yeah. security in. And, and, and our hope would be that that would turn us back to a place where we really can find security in the Lord himself. And, and you think about this, uh, we've been reading through, as you mentioned, the uh, Exodus story. And in uh, Exodus, it just so happened uh, that yesterday we were reading Exodus 15. And one of the things that um, has really struck me, uh, one of my favorite verses that, that, was, that hit me a little differently um, this time it was when we were reading in was Exodus 14 and verse um, 26. Is that right? That sounds right. I'm not looking at it, but I'm typing it on the thing so people can find it later. By the way, all we're trying as much as we can with uh, scripture references to type them here in the threads. So you should be able to find Sorry, some gonna... of these verses um, as you uh, as you watch or if you want to go back to it later and recapture some of these passages to meditate on later. Yeah, Exodus 15, sorry, verse 26, um, where the Lord tells the Israelites after they come out of, after they've just been delivered out of slavery um, and through the Red Sea, he says, If you'll give earnest heed to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I put on the Egyptians. For I, Yahweh, I, the Lord, am your healer. Um, you know, this is right after they've come out of Egypt. They've just seen God afflict the Egyptians with all these diseases. And they come out of Egypt and God says, Hey, if you'll just listen to my voice, if you'll just obey me, if you'll just know me and trust me and do my will, then here's my promise to you. Um, I'm going to be your God. I'm going to be, and I'm going to be your healer. I'm not going to put these diseases on you. Now that's kind of conflicting, I think, for uh, disciples today in some sense. We read that and we're like, well, what about all the disciples who are getting sick? And what sure. about all the people who are uh, having diseases? And what about Christians across the world who have coronavirus? Like, what's going on here? Mm -hmm. uh, is the Lord unfaithful to his promise? Well, a couple of things point out. One, um, this was a promise to the Israelites that was dependent upon them uh, obeying and trusting in the Lord. For one thing, I don't, I don't know that all of us can say that this is a promise for us if we're not Israelites. Yeah. Secondly, um, I don't know that any of us could say that we've always trusted and obeyed the Lord either. Diseases were a consequence that came into the world because of sin uh, and because man has sinned. And when you get to the New Testament, um, you know, Satan actually quotes from Psalm 91, a similar type passage, when Jesus was being tempted basically to say, hey, go ahead, jump off, like... God will catch you. God's not going to let anything bad happen to you. Um, which is a good reminder that sometimes even Satan interprets Scripture, and so sometimes we could be misinterpreting Scripture. Uh, but, but the promise of the, uh, to, the, to, to the disciple is not that God is going to spare us from every disease, that we will never suffer, that we will never have hardship in this life. The promise is that God will heal us in the end. Yeah. And that he's already, if we put our trust in him, and if we're faithful to him, and if we obey him and, and look to him and seek him with all our heart, that he's already healed us of the greatest disease in our heart and in our life, which is our sin. Uh, he's healed us from all our sins and, and all of our deepest diseases. And so because of that, we can trust even in the moment that even if I do contract it, even if I do lose my life to it, in the end, the Lord is going to give me peace. The Lord right. is going to heal me. The Lord is going to protect me. The Lord is going to deliver me in the end uh, from this disease because the Lord is going to conquer death. And we know that because Jesus has already conquered death. He, he went to the cross. He took all of our sins and took all of our diseases upon himself. And then after his death, he was raised up on the third day. And if that story is true, then we have every reason to believe that in the end, God is going to heal us. He, that, now, we ought to pray for God to heal us now. We ought to pray. We'll talk about that more later. Um, we ought to pray for God to heal people now and to show mercy to people now. Um, but God hasn't promised that nobody's going to get hurt by this or that nobody's going to die because of the coronavirus. What God has promised is that he will be our healer in the end if we will put our trust in him 
and we'll be faithful to him. In the end, he will completely deliver us from this and he will completely heal us. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. I think it'd probably be good to read some of the comments. And I'm sorry, by the way, some of you are probably going to accidentally scroll past some that are just some really good comments here. Um, but one comment that Lindsay uh, laid out was that this has been a good reminder and makes you thankful that normally, outside of circumstances like this, it makes you appreciate what you normally have, the right. kind of quiet and peaceful life that a lot of us have at least um, around the world, relatively right. speaking. When moments like this, you're like, oh man, life was pretty cool before and I need to probably be a lot more grateful for uh, what I had otherwise. Um, let's see, Pamela, and just uh, jump in here if you got some extra stuff you want to say about some of this. Uh, Pamela says, this is, uh, this is great. Like Caleb said, we are not in control of our everyday lives. Well, what are we doing to put our emphasis in God? He's the one who's in control. Things happen, but this virus should really humble us to help pray and uh, and That's be right. of service to others. That's right. Um, let's see, there's somebody else I want to make sure to read here. That uh, Oh, Annalise said, uh, there are moments in our individual lives, like sickness, loss of job, injury, etc., where we feel less secure. But that's an interesting period because it makes us realize that so many other people are feeling it at the same time. Which right. goes back to, the, it actually takes the two points of, uh, you know, the idea of we are all equal and then this idea of, um, you know, we can't trust in uncertain things. It makes for us, wow, there's people who can't don't have the stuff right. to lean on that I do. Right. Which should inspire us to think a little bit about how we're interacting with people around us more. That's there's right. probably more comments I should read, but uh, there's some, uh, I got some fellow NBA weepers on here. Uh, yeah. Winston in particular, <laughs> my man, Winston in Boston, so... Um, no, here we go. And Ruth, uh, Ruth said, just the fact that some of us are more broken with how this is affecting our entertainment rather than those who are dying, losing family members, and financial stability is reason for concern. And that's exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, cool. What else we got as far as perspective and uh, lessons we need to be learning here um, other than what we've covered so far? I mean, you know, there's probably a lot of other things we could discuss for a while. I mean, we could talk about uh, the emptiness of uh, of. of of wealth and riches here, you know, that there's no, there's no, it's not solving anything. And, uh, you know, in a culture and in a city where we put so much emphasis on, sure. um, making money and, uh, and, and job, I mean, it's, it's, it's just kind of shocking to see kind of all those things come crumbling down in yeah. a week and a good, good kind of, uh, wake up call maybe for us. Um, and, and I think that's really what it should be. I mean, when we, when we think about what's happening here, it ought, it ought to be uh, a wake-up call for us, and, and it ought to be a time for us to kind of reflect and reevaluate kind of where we're headed and what we're up to Yeah, and what we're chasing after. Yeah. I just want to make a comment. Anybody who is watching this, if you're not a Christian, uh, obviously a lot of stuff we're sharing is pretty much come from people who already accept the Bible, accept the gospel, accept the reality of God. Mm -hmm. uh, one thing that may help you understand a lot of where we're coming from before we pivot into how we should respond in moments like this is... We really believe there's a man named Jesus of Nazareth who lived a life, worked a job, had family, had friends, ate, did his life, and died on the cross, um, performed many miraculous deeds that thousands of people, both supporters and opponents, admitted were real. Uh, his opponents didn't like what he was about and the message that he taught, and so they had him killed at the hands of the Roman government at the time. And uh, then three days later, he rose from the dead and he was witnessed by hundreds of people. Um, those people went on to give up their lives, not just saying that they heard that he had come back from the dead, but actually claiming they saw him come back from the dead, that they touched him, that they ate with him, that it wasn't a hallucination or some sort of rumor. It was real. And they died for that, not dying that somebody told them this. They died saying, no, no, you can kill me. This is what I saw. and This is what I know. And it's because of that historical reality that shapes our entire worldview about everything, about mm -hmm. what it means to be a human, about who God is, basically the things that Jesus said about God, that's what we take as fact because mm -hmm. he rose from the dead and he affirmed uh, the Hebrew scriptures that had been written and uh, inspired, given to prophets centuries before, and then that he then gave his commandments uh, through messengers that we have in documents known as the New Testament today. It's... It's that reality, though, that Jesus came, he lived, he died, and he rose again mm -hmm. that really informs all of this perspective that we believe there is a God and that he is in control and that all human beings are made equal in his sight and nothing in this world is worth trusting because there's a life coming after this life in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So while some of this stuff may sound strange to you or you may not understand why it's even uh, in anything worth thinking about, 
that's really the framework and the foundation for all the things that we're saying. And if you have questions about that, we have Bible study discussions, uh, usually in person. Maybe now we're doing them more online <laughs> for a few weeks. But if, if you want to talk about that stuff or if you have questions about it or you just like, listen, I'm totally freaked out by all this stuff and my life's upside down and I don't believe in all that Christianity thing, but I don't have anything else to do, so I might as well give it a shot to learn something about it. Right. Let us know. We'd be happy to talk to you and share with you some of the, the factual reasons why we've come to the conclusion we've come to about the gospel. I don't know if you want to add something on well, that. that but that is absolutely true. Like At the foundation of our perspective is this reality that we believe in the Lord Jesus, that he's died, that he, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and now that he has ascended to the throne in heaven. If that is not true, then our perspective on this would be quite different. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and, I, and the way we would think about that would be quite different. And so it is important for us to figure out on a basic level, do we really believe that? Is that story really historical or is it just a fictional or legend or whatever? And those are, those are questions that every person has to explore and examine for themselves. And, uh, and part of that exploration is being willing not just to, uh, to listen to people who I agree with, but also to listen to people who are going to challenge me and who are going to challenge me to think about things I haven't thought about and force me to really uh, think, through, uh, think through what I believe and if I have good reasons for it. No doubt, no doubt. So reach out to us if you want to talk about that more. But actually, this also serves as a framework for what our view is about how to respond. So let's talk about that. We talked about just lessons learned, general perspective. There's probably dozens more. You guys have even shared some in some of your comments that we've highlighted. But what are some of the things that we should think about how we can respond? Obviously, it's very limited. I don't know if many of us, some of you may be watching, may be involved in some of the solutions people will come up with from a medical or political perspective, but probably most of us, we're not. Like we're, gonna, we're just very limited in what we can actually do to affect um, much of what is happening. But that doesn't mean we should just sit around and cry necessarily. Right. Uh, so what, what should be some of our responses in a moment like this? Well, I think somebody said this in the comments. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that we ought to respond with a great measure of humility. Um, mm -hmm. Peter says in 1 Peter 5, uh, humble yourself before the mighty hand of God. Um, and I love that because we're reading through Exodus right now. In Exodus, it's the mighty hand of God that afflicts all these plagues on the Egyptians. It's bad stuff. Uh, it's all the bad stuff. Yeah. But it's also the mighty hand of God that delivers the Israelites out of slavery and, and delivers them out of oppression and, and makes them, uh, brings them into freedom. And so, uh, and so for us, it's, it's actually kind of surprising to me that at a time when we are living with such uncertainty, um, I, that there are so many responses that seem to indicate like a... An arrogance, like we got this, yep. we're in control, we can handle this, we're 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 gonna we're gonna take care of this, this is no problem. Um, when really, like this is a this ought to be for us a pretty good reminder that there are some things we don't got, like we we don't yep. know how to contain, we don't know how to handle them, and we're trying to figure it out right now. But um, but it, the first response, I think, to something like this ought to be humility. This ought to be a good reminder. Um, that we need God, uh, that we desperately need help from above, things that we cannot do for ourselves. Mm -hmm. We need His help to do for us. And, and uh, the Scripture says right before that in 1 Peter 5, uh, that while God opposes the proud, He gives grace to the humble. If we want to seek God's favor, if, we, if we're seeking grace from God, we can't be doing that arrogantly, saying, you know, we, we got control of this, we can handle this, you know, there's... This, the coronavirus ain't got nothing on us. Like we, right. we're, this is a good reminder. Actually, we are weak. Like we are not as strong as we'd like to think we are. And because of that, we need to seek the Lord. The same mighty hand that brings down arrogant nations to their knees is the same mighty hand that raises up the humble in due time. And that's the promise that Peter gives in First Peter five. Uh, and I think that's important for us to, to think about. Like my first response ought to be when something like this is going on to humble myself before the Lord and to, uh, to, to put my trust in Him and not in myself. And I think an interesting thing that passage you're highlighting First Peter 5, just to expand it a little bit, that was written to displaced people. That was written to people who were not quite considered enemies of the state, but they were getting close to that. I mean, and they would at least. Christians would be considered as very much socio-political exiles. People who, for that reason, would have had a lot of economic challenges, both because they were displaced from their homes 
and had significant socio-political challenges. So they would have faced a lot of problems of getting jobs, keeping jobs, being able to take care of their families, and so on and so forth. There's probably even other things that I'm forgetting. I mean, some of them would have lost their lives, although for the most part, as I understand it at that period, it wouldn't have been you're going to get killed. It was just all this other stuff. Right. So my point is, is, it's powerful to think that that's who Peter was talking to. Right. A, you're in trouble, and this is that, that was a different circumstance than what we're facing now in the world. Right. But it's the same thing. Whatever's going on in the world around you, the key is get on your knees. That's bow right. down. I mean, and maybe that, I'm not trying to jump the gun here, but I mean that that's a practical um, uh, outgrowth of humbling yourself. The right. very next thing he says is, "Cast your cares before the Lord; He cares for you. He'll listen to you." So, if you're doing more time refreshing your Twitter feed, watching whatever your favorite news channel is, then you're spending time praying. Right. You're not humbling yourself before God. You're still thinking, "I can figure out answers." I can figure out the perfect song to sing while I wash my hands and then I'll be saved or whatever. <laughs> but you're not really humbling yourself for God. By the way, I'm not saying you need to not wash your hands, but I'm just saying if that if what's your priority, what's the first thing you're turning to, what are you investing the most time and attention to? Um, whether it's a virus, a pandemic that's going on, or socioeconomic challenges or political challenges or whatever that may happen for you in the future. Right. So that's like the real test of humility is, right? Where am I turning for help? Uh, and where do I go first? And how much time am I investing in trying to solve this my own way? You know, going out and buy, buying everything that the store has to offer yeah. to make sure I'm stocked up to solve this versus how much time am I on my knees begging for mercy from the Lord, letting God know that I trust Him and that really it is only He who is in control of my life. Truth is, if God wants to take our life away, He doesn't have to use coronavirus to do it. Yeah, that's right. all, he has, all, all He has to do is plug a couple of uh, nose holes and keep our mouth closed and we're gone in an right. instant. Like it doesn't, take, it, take, it doesn't take much at all, if you really think about it, for our life to be gone. And so if we're really going um, to be humbling ourselves before the Lord right now, I need to think about how much time am I spending reading you know every article and everything that comes up on facebook or on uh social media and, watching and every video that's yeah, on facebook Live. yeah how these, dare you these, these uh, uninformed ignorant preachers who think they can yeah. know something about corona um and i need to think about how much time am i, tr I tr trying to like solve this my own way versus how much how much of my effort is put into humbling myself before the lord and really looking at him and taking my anxieties to him you know am i trying to solve my anxieties by by my own solutions, or am I praying my anxieties to God yeah, and saying, you know. you know what, the Lord, the Lord, this is a this is a perfect example that I don't know how to solve this, that I can't deal with this on my own, and so I'm bringing them to you because I know you're in control. I know who holds the world in His hands, and I know who has the power to handle this. Yeah. Uh, somebody actually, I'm sorry, I know I'm missing some of the comments that you guys are dropping in here, which are great, but just one that's popped up that goes along with this. Um, Christian says, also it helps me to consider. What suffering is typically done for God's people. It tests our faith to either show us how weak our faith actually is, or it helps us to be stronger in Him. And he references what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12. That's right. Of when I'm weak, when there's a thorn in my flesh, which this is a thorn in the world's flesh right now. That's right. That's it, right. It, the, that weakness can, uh, if you're turning to God, it can perfect your dependence on Him and therefore your enduring power and strength. So that's Amen. a good, good comment, a good, good perspective there. Amen. So here's the second thing that I'll suggest as far as advice um, for how to handle this as of now. And, and that is, you know, right now is a great opportunity for us to kind of slow down. We're in a such a, I mean, we're in such a fast-paced city. We're always on the run. We've always got a, a busy schedule. We've always got events to go to. We've got work. We've got, we've got, we try to keep our schedules full of things to do at every hour of the day from early in the morning to late at night. Uh, or maybe from late in the morning until very late at night. And right. Maybe on the New York That's schedule. Right. That's right. Um, you know, but the idea is like we've always got so much going on that sometimes we don't take enough time to actually really stop, examine ourselves, reevaluate my life, and really think about like where am I going and what am I really doing. This to me is a great opportunity for us to take some time to slow down, to reflect on our lives to really devote some more time to spiritual discipline. So think about like all the things that have been canceled, you know, like all the events and all the gatherings and all these things that are going on that have been canceled. Well, you know, there's a lot of things that haven't been canceled. Like my family is not canceled. My That's family right. is still here and I can spend time with them. Um, prayer is not canceled. 
Like right. you can pray to God uh, in any place at any time. God doesn't have office hours so that you can call on him. You, you can call on him all the time. Um, you know, reading is not canceled. Um, what about taking this time, instead of just wasting it all, like worrying, what about taking this time to really read and invest in learning more, more about God, more about the world, more about how to love my neighbor as myself? Uh, you know, what about, what about taking this time to really just uh, spend some time outdoors and enjoy the beauty that God has made? That's tough in the city. But even now, like there's places, spring is coming. It's a good time to really, really be able to uh, reflect and think about life and think about where I'm heading and are and are my daily activities leading towards the end that I want for my life? Yeah. Is this leading me towards the goal of where I want to be when, when this life is over? Uh, I just see this as a great kind of time for, for reflection, for also like reorientation, for me to really examine like what am I really hoping in? What am I really trusting in? Where is my faith? Uh, what am I putting my faith in? And it's and it's a great time to to just reflect on that. And I'm praying like that, just communally and as a nation and as a world, that this is a time for revival, like a time for us to be as a people to be renewed and to be revived and be brought back to the Lord. Um, I'm hoping I'm hopeful that this time will actually bring for us a sobering a sobering thought uh, of you know what this is, this is a good reminder for me. That I am not in control, that the Lord is in control, and that I need Him, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna reorient my schedule, reinvest my time and energy into uh, into ways to make sure that I'm putting my focus on getting closer to Him. Yeah, which I mean, a lot of that goes with, especially when you look at God's uh, instructions for Israel in the Old Testament. There was a lot of stuff about um, Sabbath, and there were mo- not just at the seventh day, but there were other special times of hey, stop everything, mm-hmm. just stop everything. And y'all need to just reboot a little bit. You need to think about me. You need to think about you. You need to think about your life. Think about each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, while those um, specific calendar instructions aren't a part of the new covenant, uh, that idea of taking a step back, being finding our rest. Jesus said, "Come to me, all you are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest." So mm-hmm. anchoring our lives in Him gives us that time to reflect. So we're kind of being forced into it now. Yeah. And either we can watch Netflix all the time, the show you've already watched. You can watch Love Is Blind again. Or you could open up your Bible, you know, yeah. and then go for it a little harder and, uh, and, and anchor yourself in the Lord more deeply. Yeah, and I, I've been thinking about that. Like, uh, rather than just spend the rest of, uh, you know, these slower days and weeks or however long it's going to be, you know, just uh, spending all day on, on, on Facebook or on social media, what if, I, what if I took a fast from that? And I said, you know what, instead of just spending all day on Netflix or Disney Plus or whatever, YouTube or whatever we're watching, everything, what if I just invested in the Word and invested in the relationship with my family? What if I just really invested in the close brothers and sisters and friends who are my neighbors and really building strong relationships with, uh, with people I have opportunity to be around? Uh, think about how much more fruitful yeah. uh, our time would be spent that way um, than, than some of the things that maybe we run to quickly. Uh, or maybe you're addicted to, you know, uh, ch- chasing after. I did hear they're releasing Frozen 2 on Disney+, Plus, so I don't know, man. I think me and Judah got a little date there now, so I don't know, but we'll, we'll do both. No, but actually another thing, and I want to read this comment. This may, this may be jumping ahead, but I thought it was it was just on point here. But uh, Lindsay has a comment here. We also have opportunity to humble ourselves to serve others who are at risk. Those of us yeah. who are young, healthy, slash not at risk, have an opportunity to serve those who are older and at risk by being inconvenienced to some extent right now, which is another, besides taking opportunities to develop ourselves in terms of our relationship with God, spending more time in prayer, more time in scripture, fasting from other things that might really drain us and bum us out even worse. You know, if you're not able to go to work, if you're not able to go out, if everything's shut down, you normally do, sitting and watching movies all the time or doing nothing productive and not integrating your life with your family or with neighbors or whatever, um, it's not going to help you. It's going to make you feel even worse. And that's just from a socio-psychological perspective, much less from a existential spiritual God perspective. Yeah. But besides the point you're making of increasing our devotional activity time uh, and reconnecting with God or more deeply connecting with God, this is also a great opportunity to serve and help others because there are tons of people probably in your own little circle and if you tried to step out just a little bit outside your circle, you're going to be able to find some opportunities to help, to put others' interests before your own, to um, be a servant, more of a servant in these yeah. kinds of times. Certainly. In fact, uh, yeah, on the list here for piece of advice, I mean, one one of the things that I think we've got to really think about in this moment is this is a great opportunity to, at some measure of cost, learn to love your neighbor as yourself. 
Learn yeah. to love your brethren. Learn to love the people around you uh, as yourself. And, and, and that's a good example of that. I mean, think about um, the elderly people that you know right now um, who may be fearful about coming out of their homes uh, and yet may be in need of household supplies or groceries, maybe in need of prescriptions, maybe in need of, uh, of just having, uh, get, paying the, help paying their bills, things like that. Um, that that we wouldn't think about, but for them, like it's actually an, uh, it's actually a cause of anxiety or something mm-hmm. that's that you know that that is is really challenging for them, uh, and might even be putting them at risk to come out and take care of those things. Yeah. And think about those opportunities where now I'm freed up. I got a little extra time. Yeah, maybe that maybe the coronavirus is not a significant threat to my physical health. Maybe that's not the case. Maybe it is. Um, but but if I feel like I'm so healthy that this is not a threat to me, well, maybe it's a great opportunity for me to look around and find people, whether it's the elderly, whether it's uh, the, the marginalized or the people that are vulnerable, the homeless, those who are in need, and think about what are some ways where I can practically go out and love my neighbor as myself and actually like take at some cost to me, at some real sacrifice to me, really invest in them and give uh, and give to them. Yeah, and I mean, I'll just add one more. The the people who are just worried. Yeah. Uh, so Winston posted this uh, just a second ago. Times like this are helpful for reflection. Humbling moments like this can be a blessing. He references Ecclesiastes 7. It's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. For this is the end of all my, mankind, and the living will lay it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of the face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of the mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. Which there is a point of, hey, this is good to check yourself and right. think about your life. But I'm going to extend it out to, it's also good to go to the house of mourning to be able to extend comfort, sympathy, compassion. There may be some people around you who struggle with social anxiety anyways. You know, they don't, uh, or just, just anxiety about their own health. Or they've got an aging parent who they can't go visit or whatever it may be. Uh, paying attention to the people who are stressed. You may not be stressed out about right. it. My guess is a lot of people are just like, man, whatever, like. Get me on a plane. I hear it's all cheap. Like I'm going somewhere, and that's right. and that's fine. If you feel like that's good, good for you. Not everybody feels that way, and this is a good moment, and a good opportunity for you to look outside yourself and see the people who are stressed, nervous, anxious, concerned, either about their own health, the health of their loved ones, how this, how the economic downturn, what that's going to mean long term, what does this mean politically, how's this going to affect kids in schools, it's all these things we're worried about. Well, like, don't be a jerk. Right. Don't dismiss people. They and by the way, they may be wrong. They may be over exaggerating problems. They may be, but really, my opportunity there is to be a comfort, to be a, a vessel of compassion and mercy to people when they're in those moments. So that's yeah. another act of service that may not be as tangible as something we might think of, but that's a pretty important act right now. Right. If you're a disciple, taking certain precautions that the government and uh, people and authorities have asked us to take, uh, medical experts have asked us to take. Uh, should be a no-brainer. I may not feel like that's needed, but I'm, my goal as a disciple is to do what's right, not only in the sight of God, but also in the sight of men. Yeah, yeah. And so for us, we're not trying to, uh, we're not trying to, to, to uh, you know, just uh, help people by, to, by criticizing them for, for their worries and their concerns all day. Uh, the way that we help them is by being sensitive and loving and patient and kind towards people um, and being willing to inconvenience myself to do some things I wouldn't normally do to make sure that I'm being careful to uh, to to do what is respectable and, and what is right in the sight of others and make sure that I'm taking care of people. Yeah, this may not be a threat to me or my serious health, but it, it could be a very real threat to my grandparents or yeah. to uh, the older brothers and sisters in my church. Um, and if I'm not taking precautions, that might end up affecting other people. Um, we've certainly seen stories like that already. Yeah, and I mean, on that, Jesus' words that are so simple and yet really profound and hard to remember sometimes. Matthew seven twelve and everything therefore treat people the same way you want them to treat you for this the law and the prophets. Now someone might say, Well I don't care about this, so I should no 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 like the point of this is is if you were in their shoes, how would you want to be treated? Mm-hmm. And you treat people that way, you know. And this is a good example of that or a good opportunity for that for us to be able to think about others' needs above our own to esteem them more high. All the Bible passages that emphasize placing others first. As you pointed out, Jesus grew up 
in favor with God and with men. Right. He was respectful to people who, frankly, didn't always deserve his respect. Right. This is a good opportunity for us to do that in a right. wide variety of ways. And you need to be thinking about, like, there. there's probably people in your community, especially if you live in New York, this is true all over, though, there's probably people in your community who don't have people checking on them. Yeah. Like, they don't have anybody checking on them. And uh, and, and yet they may be vulnerable, they may be in need, they, they may be sick. Um, what about taking a risk to, uh, to uh, inconvenience yourself or maybe even risk your own health for the sake of other people that are around and for, to check on people who are in need. That seems like uh, a very Christ-like thing to think about, mm-hmm. to, to look for ways in which to sacrifice my own desires for, to make sure that I'm taking care uh, of others. Think about with this too, um, you know, what about uh, brethren, you know, who are going to be losing jobs and they're in financial need or their hours are being severely cut back. Um, and this is, Jesus says, they will know you are my disciples by this, if you love one another. So here's a great opportunity for us to show the world that we really do love the Lord and that we love each other by actually putting our money where our mouth is. And, you know, am I, none of us are, probably most people right now in, in, in churches, if you're a disciple, probably most people in churches are taking a financial hit this week. Um, so none of us are doing great. But some people are being hurt more than others, and it, am I going to say, "Well, I got to, I got to store up for myself right now. I got to make sure I'm secure." So I, you know, or am I? Is my first thought to think about, you know, what this brother or this sister may be in need? Let me check on them. Let me, let's as a church, let's talk about this. Let's try to figure out how to uh, how to make sure all of our brothers and sisters are taken care of through these trying times. There's going to be a lot of people uh, likely to have some financial needs that have come out of this. We've already seen that to some extent um, over the past few days, and so. We, this is a great opportunity for us to show that we really love people mm-hmm. more than our own possessions. Yes. And to say, you know what, I'm willing to sacrifice uh, eating out. Or I'm willing to sacrifice um, you know, some of the things that I spend my money on. I might have to cancel one of my online streaming services so that I can make sure right now to take care of my brother and my sister who are in need and make sure they have what they need. Yep. All right, so uh, a pandemic, a crisis... It should teach us to humble ourselves before God, spend more time in prayer, turning to Him for help. It gives us opportunity, this particular one gives us opportunity for more time in reflection, prayer, Bible study, meditation, good things that connect us or reconnect us uh, to God in a deeper way. Uh, it gives us opportunities to serve and put others above ourselves. Anything else we need to be thinking about that uh, that we can do or how we should respond to this moment? Uh, you know, I mean... Um one thing I'll, I'll say is uh, in Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 5, Jesus has kind of a pretty sobering uh, statement to some people who came to him and uh, were asking him about some people who had been uh, killed. And this is Luke chapter 13, verses 1 to 5. Um, Jesus says uh, in verse 2, they're asking about in verse 1, some Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. These Galileans admit had had a difficult fate. They've been killed. And so they're asking, you know, why, what's going on here? Why? And Jesus says to them, Do you suppose that these Galileans were greater sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered this fate? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or do you suppose that those 18 on whom the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them were worse culprits than all the men who live in Jerusalem? I tell you, no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. I think there's a temptation right now to sit around and say, well, look, God God must be judging everybody. Look at all these people mm-hmm. that are dying. They must have done something. You know, they must have done something that the Lord is, is bringing some real serious judgment. Uh, yeah. Or, or just shoulder shrug. Yeah. Like either you say like God's judging people, or you're like, man, whatever. Like yeah. this is bad. It stinks. Like, whatever. Yeah. But, but the, to this point, there's something else we're supposed to get. Yeah. The advice ought to be that this is a time for repentance. Um, this is the coronavirus is a reminder. I mean, I saw yesterday like 250 people died in Italy yesterday, mm-hmm. um, and and people are are dying in increasingly high numbers there right now. Um, this is a good reminder that. Uh, that that of what the coronavirus is a reminder of what sin is doing to all of us. It's killing us. It's destroying us. And if we don't turn back to God, and if we don't change the way we think, think about repentance, not just in terms of like saying I'm sorry or I I'm I'm, I'm saying I've did something bad, but repentance is changing your mind, turning the way that you think, 
turning the direction of your life back to God. And this is a great reminder that uh, that if we don't repent, we too are going to perish. You know, maybe it's not from the virus. Maybe it's from something far worse than the virus. Maybe it's from sin. Uh, and this is this should be a good reminder. Anytime there's a disease like this that that is that that, that is an outbreak, it should be a reminder that the greatest disease that is a threat to all of us is uh, is our own sin that can destroy us. And and so my thoughts right now ought to be about turning back to God and making sure that I'm right with Him and that I'm doing whatever I need to do to be pleasing to Him. Yeah, I mean, just another really similar passage to that in the book of Revelation, which is a book full of a lot of different metaphorical images and visions that highlight the the problem of sin, God's rule over the world, and what He's doing to try to lead people back. There's this scene where God is actively punishing, which as we've said, we don't know that that's what's happening with the coronavirus. We're not claiming that. Right. It's something that's happening that we can take as an opportunity to reflect. But whenever there were people who were being afflicted, in Revelation 9 and verse 20, it said, The rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the work of their hands so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and wood which can neither see nor hear and walk. Nor did they repent of their murders, nor their sorceries, nor their immorality, nor their thefts. And this is said in obviously negative light that, hey, when, when something bad is happening in the world, whether it's something God is actively doing, which we don't always know when that's happening, or when it's just something that's happening, like the passage you read in Luke 13, where Jesus is like, hey, this just happened, but don't just think about them or think about what's happening. Take a lesson from it. What are the things in your life that you need to cut out? What are the yeah. sins in your life that if God, what if you caught the coronavirus and you died today? I don't think that's how it works. I'm Again, we're not doctors, but I don't think that's how it works for most of us. Right. But just imagine if you did. If you caught a virus and you died today, where would you go? Right. What would God say to you whenever he met you? And it should lead us to think about the areas in our life where we need to repent. Yeah. I mean, if, if, if there's only one thing you get out of this, it ought to be that. Like, th- this is a reminder of where we all are heading. Death is a reminder that we, of where we all are going. And the real important question is, where are we going to spend eternity? Mm-hmm. Where are we going to... Where are we going to be for, for the rest of eternity? Um, and repentance is the key to that. Like, yeah. am I willing to turn back to God and trust in God and make God the king of my life? Or am I going to see this and, you know, as soon as the news goes away about coronavirus, just continue worshiping the same idols I was worshiping right, before? Right, right, right. Living for money, living for greed, living for lust, living for pleasure. Or is this going to be a wake-up call in which I turn back to God and say, No, from this point on, Lord, I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do your will. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to... I'm going to uh, to do whatever you ask and try to be pleasing to you. No yeah. doubt. Anything else you have? Um, I'll just share one kind of final thought on this. Um, and that is like, uh, and this was mentioned, I think, in the comments as well. Like one of the key pieces of, uh, one of the key cures that God gives us for anxiety and worry is gratitude. Yeah. And right now is a great time for us to start disciplining ourselves to become more thankful people. While some things may be taken away from us, there are far more important things that haven't yet been taken away from us and, uh, or, or will never be taken away from us, for which we ought to be constantly giving thanks. And if you find yourself paralyzed by anxiety, like constantly worrying about uh, what's going to happen to my community, what's going to happen to people I love, what's going to happen to me, if you're paralyzed by anxiety right now, one of the key things to do, along with casting your anxieties on the Lord, is also reciting all the good things that God has done for you and all the good things that He is doing for you and filling your heart and your mind with gratitude. You'll be amazed at the wonders that will do for your faith. There have been times where I was just paralyzed by fear, worried about all sorts of things, and then after spending 30 minutes to an hour just thanking God for things, I have a totally different perspective on life yeah. and a totally different viewpoint. And, uh, and so we need to be right now feeding our faith with the faithfulness of God and mm-hmm. thinking about all the good things that the Lord has done, all the good things that God is doing, and all the good things that God has promised that He will do. Um, and that's going to strengthen our faith in the Lord. This is not a time to fear. This is a time to put our faith in God. Uh, and, and, and the Scriptures constantly are calling us back to that, to put our faith in the Lord. Got it. This is great stuff. Thanks everybody for tuning in. Hopefully this has helped you. Uh, this video, as far as we know, it's our first time doing a live video, but as far as we know, it's going to be going live 
on uh, on Facebook, uh, or it's been going live, and it'll stay remain there for if you want to go back and tap into this. I'll be honest. Besides rewatching any portion of this or sharing this, there's a lot of great comments. We didn't get to touch even uh, half of the good comments that people had. Scriptures people were sharing, good perspective. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. Uh, it's a bummer that we couldn't always be in the same room to share it, yeah. but this is great. So thanks for jumping in in that way. Uh, also, if you're here in Brooklyn or not, but especially if you're here in Brooklyn, if there's something we can do for you. If you're stressed, if you're bothered, if you're uh, if you're sitting there and you're like, I need to grow in my faith. This has woken me up. I need to repent. I need the Lord. Uh, or, as we said before, I'm not sure if I need that, but I want to explore it. Reach out to us, and we'll do whatever it takes. Uh, all our um, Bible studies, whether they be group Bible studies uh, or individual things, we offer those for free, of course. And uh, we connect people as much as we can to try to help in those ways. There's resources on thewaybk.com, and you can connect with us there. Uh, and uh, find different resources, audios, a little bit of writing, and obviously contact page there. I'm trying to think if there's anything That's else right. we let people if know you, about. If you are in Brooklyn, join our meetup group, uh, Brooklyn Bible Studies, and you can also uh, see get uh, alerts on what's going on every week on there as well. Yeah. Thanks again for watching, and uh, shout out to Zach and Richard for making it happen on this and uh, making it possible for us to do the video. Thanks again for everybody tuning in, and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time.